This week on the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. But you have ramped up your activation count, which takes more time um, over the course of the game to in, uh, use them to their full effect. <laughs> um, yep. See, thinking I was here to play Legion was your first mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a podcast focused on tactics and competitive play for Star Wars Legion. Hosted by Kyle Dornbos, Michael Barry, and David Zelenka, with Jay Shalansky, the man behind the glass. Hello and welcome back to the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm here with Mike and David. How are you guys doing? Hey, pretty good, pretty good. Doing great. So, so last week we talked about paint sets, um, which was super exciting, but we actually got some some very <laughs> Don't significant... Lie, Kyle. <laughs> Uh, the good news is the very next day, and then the day after that, we got some extremely significant and spicy preview articles. So um, we're going to talk a little bit about those. There was actually like not that much uh, in them as far as actual like full spoils, but we are going to talk about them to the extent that there are. Um, and then if we have time, uh, we're going to talk about time. See what I did there? Yeah, because we got LVO coming up. Um, you know, anytime you got a big tournament coming up, people think about that sort of thing. So, um, and it's been a topic that's been on the community's mind recently. So, we're going to talk about that a little bit. But first, let's talk about the fun stuff. Welcome to In the News. So, uh, Dealer's choice. You guys want to do Vital Assets or Iden and Cassian first? I say let's go with the easy stuff in Iden and Cassian first. All right. So um, these two have been rumored for a while. There was some European distributor that like posted an order or something for them long before these preview articles were out. So, But here we are. We have actual preview articles with some models, which look fabulous um they're hard plastic which means they come on sprues it says in the articles that they come with like multiple arm options and um Iden also comes with a head swap so that's pretty awesome it looks like in the in the text of the preview articles here they each have like three different ways that you can do their arms and or weapons and stuff so that's pretty awesome love it multi-pose models all about it yep i'm super excited um cat also excited um <clears throat> yeah i think it's great and the models look look good they they did good with these posings um dio's flight stand looks a little whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Look, i know you have trouble saying notorious but it's dio man I've, ne dio. I've never played i've never played battlefront all right so I just I want to be real clear here. <laughs> you have to explain to me somebody, who I was. Somebody just like slammed their head into their desk. Okay. All right. So so it's a Dio. It's Dio. Yes. Dio. Okay. Didn't did did somebody tell me that like she only calls it that after she defects to the rebellion? Uh, Is that a thing? I'm not sure. I okay. read the book and stuff too. I I I don't know. That's possible. Anyway, spoiler alert: she defects to the rebellion. Um, <laughs> but this is evidently the the uh, imperial version of her. 
Well, um, to be fair, she does not defect until after Return of the Jedi. Right. So yeah, I, think, yeah, yeah. I think we can safely say, you know, the Empire at that point is no more, right? It's just falling apart. So this is this is her in her full glory. I think I think the First Order would have something to say about that. Well, uh, they're not the Empire. They're well, the First I know. Order. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's talk about her first. Uh, uh, can we talk about the fact that, like, four months ago we got rid of infinite range snipers and now we have them again? Yeah, I mean, but they're characters. So yeah, that right. seems fine, right? Yeah, that seems fine to me. Uh, I heard some people over at my local shop who had seen the preview article saying, oh, they must have done that to make a way for these characters or, or something like that. They must have had like some kind of reason we weren't aware of until now that went beyond balance. And I mean, I don't know, maybe. Uh, <laughs> that's just some speculation I've heard. Uh, yeah, I think it's cool. I mean, you know, this each so their sniper rifles are both face up here. Um, so we know what those are. They're, they're good, right? Uh, Iden's is black black infinite range and cassian is red black infinite range um so these are both better than obviously the standard ones that you can get on the strike teams um but of course they're attached to characters that are you know a lot of points um the points are a little fuzzy but i think people on the discord were figuring this out already um but it's a lot iden's at least 100 um yeah that, there's definitely three digits there's definitely there. three digits so there unclear yeah. what they are but yeah um, anyway, point is like, I think it's fine. Infinite range character, that's that seems okay. You yeah, know, you can. I, I mean, I just I thought it was funny. Is all. Yeah. You know. Um, like if you want to pay a hundred plus points to throw two dice at something across the table every turn, that seems fine to me. It's a lot more reasonable than what forty four yeah. the old cost. <laughs> right. And you can take three of them fairly easily. Yeah, it's a lot more fair. Yep. Um, I think it's notable that we don't know what um, what Marksman does yet. Yeah, so let's talk about their cards here real quick. Um, Iden's card has some recognizable keywords on here. She's got quick thinking and nimble, like like Jin does. <laughs> on a red die save. On a red die save. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's, uh, I mean, she's probably tougher to kill than Jin is. Red die uh, save with quick thinking and nimble. Uh, I mean, at least it's tough. I mean, yeah, I'm not quite sure that that beats Danger Sense four plus nimble, but sure. But like Danger Sense four requires you to have four suppression. Yeah, that's that's totally fair. <laughs> A red dice save requires you to have no suppression. <laughs> yeah, and even yeah. that like doesn't work because white dice are white dice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah. So those two, obviously, we know what those do. Uh, those are both great keywords. Um, then there's three keywords on here that it's not even super clear from the reminder text what they do. Um, there's covert ops, which looks like you can somehow gain infiltrate if you become an operative. Feels like Jin to some degree. Yeah, um, you know, you lose the. If presumably, if you do that, you would lose her her courage three bubble. She's the first courage three plus commander besides Vader that Vader and Palpatine that Empire has. So. Which is a big deal, my friends. Yeah. Well, it's it's Just... worthwhile noting that in the previews, um, they show they these two have operative tokens. They do. That's interesting to me. Yeah. But their rank on their cards is commander. And I think I see an operative symbol in the covert ops reminder text. 
Yeah, I think I think it's clear at least from the reminder text that they be they gain the operative rank. It's just not super clear what then happens. Like, do you need a commander? Um, do you nominate yeah. one? Do you just go without one? Uh, right. Like, can you not functionally use that ability if you don't have another commander in your list? There's right. A lot yeah. Of yeah. It's not clear how that works, but it just suggests that it's some sort of dual modality. We just don't know what the rules are. Yeah, but the point is, uh, she can infiltrate. I think is. Yeah. Is the one key takeaway here. Um, so yeah, there you go. Uh, Empire, you get an infiltrator besides Darth Vader. An infiltrator with infinite range. <laughs> I love it. Sounds like fun. Yeah. Spicy. Um, yeah, and then loadout. Uh... It's it's really unclear what this does. The, yeah. the reminder set text says when you deploy... You may swap any of your equipped upgrades with your set-aside upgrades. Um, I don't know what set-aside upgrades means, but that yeah. doesn't sound like a thing we've had before. Uh, what's this other one? Marksman. When attacking, you can spend one... You can spend aim tokens to improve attack die results. What the hell does that mean? I mean, isn't that normally what aim tokens do? Right? <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it, you know, I mean, I suppose like normally you're not always improving them, right? You can roll blanks into blanks. Um, I mean, the the text sort of suggests that uh, it gets better, but it's not really yeah, clear to what end. Yeah, um, it's not clear what that means either. Um, so. Anyway, excited to see what that potentially means. There's a she's got she's got her little droid Dio. Um, but you can't see can't his card. Really see much there. <laughs> so, yeah. Except that he's got one there's health. A, there's a green number one and a melee symbol on it. That's all we can see. Yep. <laughs> um. So. Yeah. Seems neat. Um. And then we, one pip seems pretty. Yeah. Cool. Let's talk about that one. What does that say? Pulse scan. <clears throat> I'd inversio gain sharpshooter two and one aim token. At the end of her activation, she gains one dodge token and one standby token. Um, so it's a little bit like a double tap, um, and that you get to shoot on your turn, and then you get a standby token to shoot again. Um, gives her a free dodge token for nimble. That's pretty good in and of itself. Um, and it gives her an aim token, presumably to use alongside marksman whatever that does i'm sharpshooter too yeah which so, is good <laughs> um i mean yeah i mean you pair sharpshooter two with with a high velocity pierce one sniper rifle um even with a normal aim token that does what normal aim tokens do uh like that's pretty good yep yeah seems good so. it seems like one of those cards that's solid without being like you know club you over the head with it kind of one pip situation yeah, I mean, it's this nice. card also, it's it's worth noting that Aiden has two training slots, and she gets a free standby token on this card, so maybe Overwatch isn't terrible on her. Yeah, I was about um, to say. You know, uh, worth worth thinking about, at least. Yep. Do you run, like, Overwatch and Hunter on her? Because that seems like the classic combo. Yeah, I can see that. Um we want to it so i think something that's notable here is that of everything we've talked about there's no there's no shields involved in anything that we talked about here but there is a shield token in her pack hmm which i think is very Curious. interesting 
Um, so maybe, maybe, I mean, th there's a shield token in there, so I don't know what she does with it. But if, man, if she she has nimble dodge tokens, red saves, and shields, that seems pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> seems seems tough yeah. to kill. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Dang. you want to swap over to Cassian? I, uh, you were pretty excited about this one, Kyle, if I uh, recall correctly. Yeah, and now I get to field four snipers. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Cassian, he's uh, very clearly a mirror here to Aiden. He's got white dice because, you know, rebels. Um, but Danger Sense three, so that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Uh, only Courage 2, so um, might have trouble getting up to 3 uh, safely. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, he's also got Covert Ops, so he can apparently infiltrate. And he's got Loadout and Marksman like uh, like Aiden does. And then he also has Tactical 1, which is when he moves, he gets a free aim token. Yeah, which is pretty interesting because his sniper rifle has Cumbersome on it. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a little <laughs> bit like a non bow if you will. Um, yeah, seems like it doesn't synergize with yeah. uh, with that particular weapon. Um, of course, as we did mention uh, earlier in the article, it said that each of these characters has at least one, if not two, other weapons. So um, maybe that works better with something else he's got. I mean, he's the pistol on his card is red, white, white, fierce one. So that seems decent. Um, um, it's it's notable that the sniper rifle also has uh, reconfigure printed on it, which is the same keyword that the uh, Death Troopers, Jin, and Pathfinders have, where their cards, their weapons yep. can flip. So um, I assume that sniper and config yeah, is in the, the sniper name. rifle clearly flips into something else. So um, it's interesting. He doesn't have sharpshooter, and he doesn't um, surge to crit. Both of these guys surge to hit, which I think is super interesting. Uh, most of the heroes that we have in the game right now surge to crit, with mm -hmm. a couple of exceptions. <clears throat> Darth Vader. Um, are there are there any heroes characters that surge hit? Is is it seems like it's either nothing or surge crit at the moment, um, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. I don't think there's anybody else that surge. Uh, maybe the officers. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess I meant like unique characters. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that yeah, the officer surged to hit. Um, but I think wow. that's it. I like his sniper rifle a lot less now. <laughs> you what may not that? do well, no sharpshooter, oh, and it's a two dice weapon. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean we're we're still kind of speculating, right? Like that seems kind of bad notionally. But... Yeah. Um, we have no idea what Marksman does, so it's it's got a red dice on it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, okay. Seven out of eight. I don't know. I'll, I'll reserve. Show. I'll reserve judgment. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and he can infiltrate, so he can get all those spicy angles. He's got some sort of other weapon that starts with the word Jen, which is kind of cool. Yeah. So people on the Discord were doing zoom enhance on here. Um, <laughs> Uh, it looks like her name is on this yeah, card. No, I think it, that's pretty pretty clear. Um, and, and <clears> frankly, <throat> the pistol in the picture kind of looks like the pistol that K two is holding. Frankly, right. I mean, in the movie, 
she hands him a pistol. So. Spoilers. Yeah, I, I think that I don't know. That's Spoiler that seems that seems pretty. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, pretty obvious, I think. Yeah, that, that'd be neat if she gets a little something. From uh, definitely. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So his one pip, um, crack shot. This looks very similar to Aiden's. Uh, he gains gunslinger, which is That's pretty awesome. awesome. Gunslinger, gunslinger sniper rifle. Yeah, yeah good. seems good. <laughs> this seems a lot better than I did, to be uh, honest. And the free aim token. And then he also gets um, a standby. And may gain a suppression if you want to get some. Oh, dude, a standby on. gunslinger? Yeah, this is four attacks in one card. Dang. If if you get to proc the standby without it getting sure. Shipped, which For is sure. not a guarantee. Yeah. But like, I mean, items is you get an extra attack if they don't strip the standby. Right, like, I mean, this is two extra it, attacks potentially. <laughs> I mean, it, it, this is this is just you get an extra attack plus maybe an extra two, which is pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, that seems really really good. Uh, it's too it, bad you can't you can't have more than one standby token because <laughs> you could like shoot standby and then gain a second one. Well, but you can't take a standby if you. Attack. Oh, that's true. Never mind. Ah. Can't take a stand. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know basic attack, legion yeah. rules. Just don't don't well, mind me. I mean, it, he would be nutter butters if uh, he had the clone trooper keyword and was in a different faction. But you know. uh, well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you you have uh, you have Rex for that, don't you? Yeah, but Rex doesn't have an infinite range sniper rifle. But yes, fair. Um, yeah, yeah, seems good. Um, so yeah, that's that's. I think that's all that was like fully spoiled on their cards. Uh yeah, I don't. I mean, it wasn't. There wasn't a ton of meat, and it. They definitely like this is the this is the preview drop article before we get the this is what this does article. Um, so it is notable <laughs> that they say that this is going to come out in Q one twenty twenty. Yeah, let's have a let's have a world's legality discussion after we talk about vital okay. assets. Yeah, we should. That's fair. Shall we talk about vital assets? You guys want? Yeah, when you guys want to uh, want to do this one? Uh, sure. So um, the other the other thing that they they previewed was the vital asset set, um, which appears to be uh, like priority supplies on steroids. Um. And there's a bunch of new battlefield condition cards. Um, I think it said three of each. No, it just says nine. So, but presumably, probably three of each. Um, and I think the new ones we have spoiled are hostage exchange, fortified positions, supply drop. Um, and I think we can see two more on the card one's called payload and one's called danger close um yeah which one of these do you think is the most interesting dave uh honestly the the payload one is pretty sweet looking but i don't have a whole lot but it has something to do with um has something to do with choosing a uh choosing a um Shoot, what am I trying to say? 
Let's see. It says choosing a piece of or a piece of terrain by placing one objective token of their color. It looks like you're trying to you're trying to escort a, a bomb card. The word bomb card is in there. Interesting. And plus, you've got these two pieces that look like um, look like bomb. Cards. They have small bases. Yeah. yeah, they look like bomb cards. I mean, they have like yeah, exactly. They have like these giant looking, this, you know, sea mine, but it's on land kind of looking things. Yeah, I think those are um, the the mortar speeder bike bases so um, yeah that'll be pretty interesting um and the the other like half spoiled card danger close is real crazy it um, looks like advanced positions but it's, it's like we get even more of a lip on the opposite end yeah i mean it, well i mean that's range three between yeah. the edges there yeah it's like Fleet troopers with recon intel can attack on turn one. Like that, I mean, assuming that your opponent like sets up in in the deployment zone there across from you, like that's a thing that could happen. Fair. Um, snows, etc. Would love that if you yeah. decided to actually deploy there. Um, um, hard to say. Crazy. Um, so let's talk about the three that we can see. Um. And let's start with fortified positions. Um, so fortified positions says starting with the it's a it's a condition, so it's like minefield or clear conditions or whatever. It's a setup starting with the blue player. Players alternate placing barricades on the battlefield until eight barricades have been placed. When a player places a barricade, it must be placed inside their deployment zone or within range one to two of their deployment zone. Each barricade must be placed horizontally. <laughs> like, I guess you can't put them on their side. Yeah, like when they were messing around with this stuff, somebody busted something, and they were like, "All right, we got to put this extra line attack." Um, <laughs> I guess they're trying to say you can't, you can't like lean it on a piece of terrain to make an angle or something. Yeah, or make a ramp or something. Yeah, so like that, or like place it on its side so that it's completely vertical. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the benefit of that would be. I guess, I but. Um, <laughs> No, I, that's interesting about making a ramp. You could put like two of them together, yeah. maybe make like a make like a line line of sight blocking fence with eight barricades. It's, it's a height one piece. It's like building your own height one piece of terrain that you can jump onto and make yourself immune to charges. So here's the real question: If you're able to get the barricades to balance on top of each other, they're still horizontal, right? <laughs> uh, yes, actually, that seems difficult. Okay. I guess there's the, they have those rounded anyway. tops for a reason. I guess I don't know. Um, so in any case, uh, we've been so, some of the tournaments have been using a barricader rule, um, where players set down barricades um, before the game starts. This sort of feels like it kind of kills that a little bit, um, since it's now a condition. Um, Either way, it's neat that it's a condition. Yeah, I think it's great. This is this is really interesting to me. You can kind of, you know build a fortified position um to kind of suit your your needs um yeah i love it as a as a defensive <laughs> player <laughs> well and if you bring like an emplacement like the fd cannon now you know that you can bring your cover with you right theory, yeah right yeah which is huge frankly uh, um yeah the same goes with like the mark this is great at and the mortars like this is good for all yep. of those things um Okay, yep. uh, let's talk about the yep. other one that we've got going on here, which sounds absolutely bananas complicated. Um, 
It's called Hostage Exchange. It's a setup. Each player chooses one corpse unit they control. Uh, then, starting with the blue player, each player places their opponent's chosen unit on, or as near as possible to, the center of the battlefield, and performs a speed one move with that unit. Then, each player places a claimed objective token in base contact with the unit leader of their chosen unit and equips a hostage upgrade card to that unit. Okay. During round one, units cannot use the detonate keyword. Hmm. Okay. All trooper units gain action claim. When a unit claims an objective to token, it equips a hostage upgrade card. Victory. At the end of the game, each player gains one victory token for each objective token that is claimed by a unit they control. Then each player gains one victory token for each objective token that is within their deployment zone and claimed by a unit they control. What the hell just happened? What what is that? Special? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, let's read the hostage card too, because yeah. that's not all. Yeah. But wait, there's more. Yeah. Uh, increase your courage by one and reduce your maximum speed by one to a minimum of one. You cannot start a melee. During round one, enemy units cannot start a melee with or attack you, and you gain immune enemy effects. Unequip this card if you do not have a claimed objective token. Um, yeah, I mean, this, this, this is very abstract, at least I think until we see what this looks like put down on a table. Um, do you guys have an idea of what this says? I mean, it kind of looks to me like you've got two trooper units that start near the middle of the table. Those trooper units are the objectives, and you just have a brawl over them. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, right? that's, that's sort I of mean, what it sounds like. It's a, it's a it? lot of words to say that. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's kind of what it sounds like. I, I think this is sort of interesting because during round one, units cannot use the detonate keyword. Um, like, okay. I guess it prevents you from blowing up the hostage on the first turn. <laughs> yeah. But what if I want to be the bad guy? Um, yeah. So I think, I mean, thematically, it seems like you, you've you just exchanged hostages, right? Like each side is taking their own hostage back. And then on turn two, all of a sudden the sides are like, ah, screw you. We don't like this deal anyway. And they start shooting each other. Right. It's like a breakdown in negotiations. Yeah. Um, yeah, this doesn't feel like a very smooth hostage exchange. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> it's like they agreed to exchange but... hostages and then shoot at each other. Um... Right. Yeah. But I love, I love. By the way, I do love. Speaking of uh, hostages, I love that Ryo Chuchi made her way into uh, into the. Yeah, pack. I mean the it's, sculpts uh... are beautiful. Yeah, the sculpts are great. Um, she's from the Clone Wars TV show, and then we got a Nemoidian. Is is this supposed to be Newt? No, that's no, that's the dude that like stands next to him and acts real scared yeah. all the this time. I, I promise he has a name. I don't remember yeah. it. Yeah, I'm sure he does. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's in the opening scenes of Phantom Menace. One sec, I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, you should okay. Google it because <laughs> we're gonna get. Yep. Anyway. Anyway, the 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 um, female is definitely Ryo Chuchi, both because she's quoted in the article and because it's clearly her in the article. Oh yeah, um, she's she's from Clone the Wars, Pantoran senator. Pantoran senator, yeah. yeah. It is Rune Hako, um, based on yeah. what Google says. 
there you go all right so it's cool that they those are sweet looking objective tokens um yeah i feel like if this is just a brawl over the middle where your objectives are trooper units this is going to strongly favor saber wielders and force users yeah both because they like brawls in specific areas and also because force push is a thing that you can do to trooper units (laughs) so you know like anything that you can do to prevent your opposing hostage from getting away seems yeah, good. Yeah, agreed. Vader's might seems real strong here. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Yep. So does um, serve your master well. Um, pull the strings. No time for sorrows. Basically, things that gives you free moves or let your opponents do th- things with troop units. Um, yeah, looks super fun. This looks like a three hundred point game on an, with eight hundred <laughs> points. <laughs> in the center of the so, table. So you get you get to choose you get to choose the unit that starts with the hostage, but then your opponent gets to, gets to place, place it. Gets to deploy it. Yeah. Um yeah. it's worth noting that it's pretty clear from the card that the unit is not deployed, so you do not get any scout moves that are associated with the unit that um is being placed. Um Yeah, so no recon intel and give them a free extra. Yeah. Um I think it's really good with snowtroopers. <clears throat> yeah i mean they can uh they got steady right and there's no restriction on the hostage card from the hostage unit attacking which also seems a little odd but can't start um, a melee though they cannot but if you're snows you don't really care about that you just back up and shoot sure and now you have two courage because you have a hostage i yep, mean I, that's I, pretty sick the fundamental question i have here is do you really want this on a combat capable unit or do you want it on like a naked rebel trooper squad or a naked stormtrooper squad um uh, personally, I think you want it on a naked because you want your combat units trying to go after your opponent's units yeah. hostage. Um, which I think is kind of an interesting... <laughs> I mean, not everybody takes naked naked units in their list right now, um, unless you're rebels. I, um, I mean, I think Snows yeah. are the exception because of Steady. Yeah, I mean, the question is, like, is this card enough to warrant taking a squad of Snowtroopers? And I'm not sure the answer to that question is yes. I mean, I think if you're using them with Palpatine, A, this card probably favors you already anyway because of Pull the Strings and Palpatine likes to fight over tiny little areas. Um, But I think you actually probably wouldn't want to make the Snows your hostage unit. You make them the unit that goes after the hostage and then you just double tap to lead them with Given to Your Anger on turn two. (laughs) Fair, fair. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Um, Anyway, yeah. And more cards for Palp. I like that. Uh. Is there? Is oh, we did we talk about supply drop? We have drop not already? talked about supply drop yet. I was saving that because okay, um, it's not abundantly clear what the ramifications of the card are. Um, but let's hit it. Uh, supply drop setup. Prepare the supply deck. Uh, okay. Starting with the blue player, players alternate placing condition tokens face down on the battlefield until six tokens have been placed. Each token must be placed beyond range one of each deployment zone and beyond range one of any other condition token. Non-creature trooper units gain free action resupply. Um, Which resupply is choose a condition token in base contact with your unit leader and flip it face up if able. Otherwise, remove it. Then draw two supply cards, equip one, and shuffle one into the supply deck. Um, so the setup for this card is very similar to Minefield, except we have two additional condition tokens, and the range is a little longer. Um, 
but essentially it sounds like we're just dropping a bunch of boxes around the battlefield and you can open them and see what's inside. And then you get free stuff. Um, I think there's four semi-spoiled cards at the moment. Um, Yeah, there's two fully spoiled ones. Um, Back to capsules, which is just like a one-shot treat. Treat one, capacity one, free action. Seems good. Uh, And uh, field scanner, which is like an exhaustible dodge. I'm sorry, but this card is really good on anything with deflect. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Holy moly. Um, uh, yeah, seems I mean, really good. I think it's, I hate to say this, but I think it's best on normal Luke. He's recovering to use his force powers anyways. Oh, yeah. So good. Plus it's during the, the timing is during apply, dodge and cover. So you know exactly when to need it. Right. Not. It's not like force reflexes where you're like, well, I think I'm going to get shot at this turn. This is like, oh no, I'm being shot at, you know? Um, right. Oh yeah, it's it looks pretty awesome. So you basically um, hope, I guess, you hope you get lucky and you get this card on him because it's well. Like, I mean, even like that back to capsules one. That's a good. Yeah, like there's good either. stuff in these crates. Free health. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, it's, it seems like it's good for units with scout and or infiltrate. Definitely, because you can pick up free stuff sooner. Um, yeah. Um, so there's one more that's fully spoiled here it's a uh, grapnel harpoon it says uh free action until the end of your activation you gain scale <laughs> seems also good seems very good it does have a weird icon on it um instead of the exhaust symbol it's got a big x through it um yeah we don't know what that means yet i don't no. think um, and then there's one more that's like half spoiled. It says target targeting rain, rain something. Um, yeah, and that presumably has something to do with shooting things. Um, I wonder if it's targeting rancor. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> Homing rancor. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like if that was the case, we would have gotten a rancor model in the. I mean, I'm going to infer that it's the AIM version of Field Scanner based on the text I can see. That's that's probably fair. Get this like is while, perf- token or something. While, while performing attack I'm- during the blank dice step, which I'm presuming is modified dice or whatever. Yeah. You gain whatever. <clears throat> it's probably an AIM I'm going with, I'm, go- I'm going with targeting Rancor. <laughs> yeah. Far more interesting, at least. <laughs> um, so I think, did it say how many cards were in the supply deck 616 uh it did it says this condition card introduces a new deck of 16 supply cards dang so of which yeah. we've seen four um, four oh yeah seems seems yeah. good seems re- all right so let's talk about let's talk about what this potentially means for the game and then also about legality timing yeah so mm. um i think it's worth noting that this game uh, we're we're going to get to time later, uh, but I think it's worth noting that all of these cards, uh, for the most part, are significantly more complicated than the um, battlefield condition cards we have presently, um, with maybe the exception yep. of like fortified positions. Yeah, that one seems like that wouldn't take that long, uh-huh. but all these other ones are like walls of text that involve lots of yeah. steps, which I think makes, like at least so far, 
it seems like these make for really interesting and different gameplay, which is a plus. I love it. I love it. Um, you know, but but like to 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 date, I'm pretty sure without exception, all of our battlefield condition cards have not required additional cards to come with them to explain them. Um, like there's no supply right, deck right. or hostage cards or additional things that you had to reference in order to kind of figure it all out. Um, so, you know, um, to maybe answer your question in regards to legality, if this drops before worlds, it's going to shake up the world. Yeah, what if this drops like 12 days before Worlds? Oh my goodness. There's going to be so many new things you have to remember now. I would. Does it say how many cards are in here? How many? Nine. Uh, um, nine. nine battle cards. Yeah. So actually. <laughs> wow. So we're getting we're getting literally triple as many as we got in, in uh, priority supplies. In priority supplies. Yeah, and I mean, like, <laughs> priority supplies had a pretty, like, all of those cards had a pretty marked impact on the meta. Um, I think that we're effectively going from, I mean, we're not effectively, we'd be going from five in each category to somewhere between six and eight in each category, or I guess six and like 10, technically. I, I think we can probably assume that they'd release even numbers of them, though that might not be the case. Um, but like, it's a it's lot. A lot. <laughs> and, and I think that the, the fundamental conclusion you have to draw from there is that blue players are going to be a heck of a lot more important. You're getting not three extra vetoes at the beginning of the game. You're getting like 12. Wow. Yeah, you're getting 12 vetoes instead of three. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're vetoing half the field at that point, probably. Like, uh, more than half, right? No, because I think right now we've got what five times three is fifteen plus twelve. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? okay. So yeah, so not quite half. Yeah, so I think it, I think it'd be half. Um, yeah. Uh, so like, that's that's a big deal. You know, right now people are yeah. bidding for blue player, and they're and it's it's what twenty percent. You get you're you're kicking out twenty percent of the field. Um, yeah. Yeah, it seems, you know, um, so either you're going to take a tailored list that has a high bid or you're going to have to build, start building lists that can deal with multiple objectives and and you need to know that it can deal with all these different objectives. So, yeah, that seems that seems like a f- nice, fun challenge. I- I'm looking forward to it, frankly, right. but it's going to shake but, yeah. if it drops before then. Yeah, even I mean honestly, even if this drops like a month before Worlds, I feel like that's still it's still going to be nuts. Yeah. Um it it remains to be seen if if that does happen like what the bit are we going to have a bid escalation war again? I w- Yeah, who knows? I hope not. The the chaos demon inside of me really wants this to drop before Worlds, but Same. I think I think that'd be awesome. It'd be a nice meta shake up. Definitely if, would like, be. If we just show up and nobody has any idea what to expect or what's going on at Worlds, I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, I noticed that like these um, are these are creature trooper penalizing as well because they are focused more around the core units and not as much uh, around the creature trooper units. I mean, host it seems like Tons would be pretty good at hostage exchange. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Good luck getting a trooper, a core trooper unit away from triple Tons. Yeah, that's yeah for real. All it takes one ram, man. Now hostage. Unleash the snow lizards. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, uh, we'll see. I I think I think so. Mike, you brought this up um, just in our in our little private Discord earlier um, about like uh, just the timing of legality windows. I, I think so. Essentially, what you said is uh, for conventions and stuff, it should be like a yeah, month, not a lot. It's, it's uh, you know I don't want to get too um, exaggerated here because I can do that sometimes, but. It's it's pretty crazy that it's ten days right or eleven days right now. Um, that doesn't, especially if we're getting releases like this, which are, you know, very significant. Yeah. As far as I, affecting the game, it seems like eleven days is just not enough time to process. I mean, it. eleven days is hardly enough time to like paint a new unit, in my opinion. Let alone, <clears throat> yeah. Let alone figure out how it works and how to play with it and stuff like that. Um, I feel like a month is probably where we should be at a minimum. I, I mean, at least that's where I would like to see it. Um, yeah. Yeah, because if you're still like unsure what's what list you're gonna play, and you know, it's like two weeks out from the tournament. That's at least for me personally, that would be a problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like you know, you've you've had this. Um, you know you you've worked your way up to worlds or lvo or whatever and you've been you've been battling all of these different lists and you show up there and there's this new unit that has been out 10 days and potentially completely groundbreaking as far as the meta is concerned i mean not every unit is like that but i mean clearly like tauntauns were um you know um I can't imagine. I mean, I mean, to some extent, that may be unavoidable even with a thirty-day window. I don't know, um, but I I do think that a ten to eleven days is not enough prep time for people um, for these big events. Yeah, I agree. Generally speaking, uh, I agree as well. Um, part of me is like, though, it, I mean, this is the nature of the beast, right? Like, if you're going to play at the high-level tournament, you got to prepare. And that's just going to be part of it. And I mean, well, here's another wrinkle though. So, me... <laughs> uh, so last last year, uh, at least for the LCQ, because they didn't know who was necessarily going to be in high command, lists were due, what like a week before the event. Yeah, it might have even been like ten days. Huh. Um. So if and there have been rumors that that's going to be the case again. Like, are you going to have to turn in a list less than a week after? you know what's going to be legal <laughs> and something new drops. That's very possible. Um, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, should be interesting. I'm super excited for more variety and everything. Um, you guys want to talk about timing real quick? Sure. Time. Sure. Talk about time in a timely fashion. Uh, no guarantees on the timely fashion portion, but sure. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna need you to to give me a chess clock real quick. Oh, buddy! <laughs> All right, so um, let's touch on Invader League because this is slightly related. Uh, I did play my semifinal match against Kingsley. Um, I lost. <laughs> we played. Uh, we played recover supplies. Um, Jedi Luke died. He got run over by Tauntauns. <laughs> basically <laughs> on on turn two on turn yeah because because so, you didn't really give it the the, <laughs> the weight that i feel that it should have had 
Yeah, it, we were playing recover. Um, Kingsley moved Chewie up basically to be in contact with the box at the start of turn two. And um, I did have a Tauntaun actually, potentially, that I could panic. Uh, but the other two Tauntauns were like untouched. So, um, and maybe this was a miscalc on my part, but I figured if Chewie grabbed that box and ran away with it, it was basically game over. Because uh, I hadn't done enough damage yet to the Tauntauns. So, I kind of tried to split the baby. I played serve. I got in there pulled Chewie off the box, attacked a Tauntaun, ended up not killing anything or panicking or suppressing anything, and um, yeah, Luke got run over by Tauntauns. So, I'm sorry, split the what? Split the baby. Split the baby? Have you never heard that phrase? Is that is that like some sort of biblical reference? Yeah, it's King Solomon. I just never it's... heard it in casual conversation ever. <laughs> but okay. Well, now you have. Well, well, don't split the baby then, because... Uh... It means... It means basically that you're trying to do both options and you end up essentially doing neither of them. <laughs> oh. Yeah. oh, we refer um, to that as the worst of all worlds. At least yeah, that's pretty forward. much what happened. Yeah, yeah. That's what we watched. Um... Yep, that's what happened. So, um, yeah, that was my Invader League game. I, uh, I was in hind- hindsight as always um, 2020, of course. Oh, yeah. I, I actually, my, the card I first had down was Son of Skywalker. Um, and my plan was basically to let Chewie have the box initially and, you know, throw JMT on that suppressed on panic it, hopefully, and kill another one with Son of Skywalker, uh, and then end up with Luke in a relatively safe location. Um, I think that would have worked better (laughs) than Mm -hmm. what I did. Uh, but I second guess myself and I swapped it out and it didn't work. I mean, any game where Luke is alive versus dead is a better choice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not to be completely, you know, obtuse about it, but yeah. Well, especially when you're facing triple Tauntauns, um, you know, three Tauntauns can run over an entire gun line by themselves with, you don't have Jedi Luke anymore, which yeah. is pretty much what happened. Don't, so don't, don't invite me down this tangent, especially. When <laughs> I, mean, I, I think mean, in hindsight, recover may not have been the best option. Yeah. I mean, it was, so it was that or battle lines, um, based on how the turn zero played out. Essentially, uh, what, uh, what would the objective have been had it been battle lines? I think I could have gone for key positions if it was battle lines. Okay. So yeah, I mean R two would have scored probably, and I wouldn't have been able to do anything about that. But um, I would have likely been able to make a play for points die. So yeah, if you kill all of his tauntauns and still have Jedi Luke, <clears throat> you're in you're in good shape. Yeah, so that probably would have been better if I had essentially done that. Just let it be battle lines and forced KP instead of recover. I mean, um, to be fair, it's still 24 health of Tauntauns. Yeah. Yeah, but like, I mean, the reason that that, the reason that, that game went the way it went is is I ultimately was recover was a poor choice because at that point I'm giving Luke two things to do, right? Protect oh. the box and kill Tauntauns. Um, and he needed to just be kill Tauntauns. Well, I'm, I essentially made Chewie more relevant than Chewie needed to be uh, in that game. I mean, okay. you, you you essentially forced yourself into a situation where Luke had to put the entire game on his back in the middle of turn two instead of Luke put the entire game on his back and split it out over the course of multiple turns where he can do so safely. Yep, exactly. That's a good way to put it. Um, yeah. You know, I mean... I don't. It's possible the recover play was actually like a better play percentage wise. It's kind of hard to say without playing the game over, you know, a couple yeah. hundred times. But, but 
at least in the moment, it clearly didn't work out. Yeah. So I think if I'd done that Son of Skywalker thing, um, it's possible I would have still been able to chase down Chewie, you know, because in theory, like if that Tauntaun had panicked and he'd killed one with Son of Skywalker, then the rest of my army can probably deal with one Tauntaun. Uh, one would hope. Yes. <laughs> so, um, I hope so. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that probably would have been better. If I had, you know, done it that Somebody way. Somebody had mentioned that had you played, um, and I don't know how true this is, full of surprises, um, that it may have went a lot better. Well, the trouble there is then potentially I lose the initiative roll off, and Chewie grabs the box and moves away instead of sure. like if I play a one pip, I can force push him, so he's at least still standing in the middle with the box for the duration of the turn. Yeah. Um, and then also, like, with full surprises, there's no situation where Luke does enough damage to actually kill a Tauntaun, because he's only got seven dice, yeah. and you don't have any mechanism to throw more dice. So, um, several other things also went wrong that turn. Um, Kingsley played Brains and Bronze, so he had orders on Leia and Chewie, but he actually pulled his Tauntauns off the stack, basically, to start the turn. So I didn't even really get to shoot them, <laughs> even though I won priority. <laughs> Yikes. Um, Excellent. And they didn't have face-ups, uh, so... And then I also, on that suppressed Tauntaun, I completely whiffed a Z6 roll to put that force suppression on there. So um, they didn't panic. <laughs> uh, Why do yeah. bad things happen to good people? That's all I got to <laughs> Well, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, it was a Murphy's Law kind of turn, right? Everything that can go wrong did go wrong. Oh, jeez. Um, you know, and that happens, right? Like I made the wrong decision at the start of the turn and then everything else also went wrong, so... Um, but uh, if you watch the game, um, it was long. <laughs> um, it took a while. Um, yeah. So uh, I don't want to necessarily specifically talk about this game. We did agree to not use the timer because um, when you're facing Tauntauns, you need... I was in the position that I absolutely needed to guarantee myself six turns, and I was willing to sit there and um, you know go six turns regardless of how long that took. Um, because Tauntauns have an advantage the shorter in turns the game length is on objectives, typically. Um, and I think that this brings up, uh, I want to use this to sort of segue to a larger issue about um, like in real life tournaments, which do have clocks, and uh, we will be seeing Tauntauns at LVO. Um, how do you guys feel about, how do you guys feel about the clock generally? Uh, turn limits and tauntauns and or chess clocks in the context let's talk about in the context of upcoming tournaments specifically lvo and worlds well i can't you know i can't force people not to take forever is my first (laughs) thought and i can't force people not to be good sports or force people to be good sports and say just know what the hell you're doing before you go to move your stuff you know I mean, so I think a lot of the, a lot of stuff is like self evident. You know the way that you move these things if you play with them any length of time. Yeah. You know, and so I, I think I think stalling unintentionally or otherwise. Actually, I shouldn't use that word because stalling is not specifically defined in the floor rules as intentional slow play. So I, I think playing slowly is just hugely unsportsmanlike, and you shouldn't do it intentionally or otherwise. Well, so here's my question: If you're <clears throat> If you go to LVO or another in-person tournament and you've got a, say you've got a three hour time limit. Sure. Well, that's too long. They're two and a half hours at the moment. Yeah. You've got a two and a half hour time limit. Um, 
you're playing, you know, you're both going back and forth. Um, you're doing a lot of thinking. Your opponent's doing a lot of thinking. You get to the point where you're on like turn four and you're five minutes from, uh, you know, you're midway through turn four and you're five minutes from the, the cutoff for, uh, you know, don't start a new turn. Um, and you're like, well, if we get to turn five, I'm going to win. Uh, you know, let's, let's try and push through this turn. And your opponent's like, well, we're, we're only halfway through. Like, I don't think we're going to make five minutes. Mm. Um, how do you, A, how do you handle that situation? But B, without something like a chess clock, how do you even determine whose fault it is that you're at that point? Well, the answer is it's both of your faults at that point. Well, is it? I, like, so, maybe it is, so maybe it is. The answer of. to that question is yes, because if you are two and a half hours into the game and midway through turn four, somebody should have called a judge. Like, in theory. I understand that that's not, doesn't always happen, okay. and that's not always practical, but if if the game is moving at that slowly, someone should have called a judge. Okay. This might be well, a little extreme, but... Okay, so, so, so what did the, your opponent says to you, well, we're only halfway through. I don't think we're going to make it. Is that enough evidence that they're intentionally, intentionally slow playing? No, I think you can no, say that. that may be honestly true. Yeah. Like, okay. like if, if it's the second activation of turn four and somebody's like, I mean, I don't think we're going to make it to round five, man. I mean, I, I think that's with five minutes left in the, in the round or whatever. I think that's a reasonable well, thing to make. All right, let's say it's turn five. That's a little more plausible. Sure. And you need turn six to make sure that if, if you get to turn six, you win. If it's turn five, he wins. Let's say that. And let's suppose let's suppose you do what you describe, which is call a judge, you know, 30 minutes before that. Sure. Judge comes over to your table. What do you say? I mean, you need to be clear about the game state and be like, look, I, I mean, you know, He's taking a while. I would like you to, you know, just chill and watch what's going on here. I mean, at that point, you sort of have to break down the, like, I don't know. Um, so at that point, you're essentially breaking down the social contract of the yes, game. Yes, you are. I mean, I and under the current rule system, I don't think there's any way really around that other than to, I mean, I guess you can just not do anything about it and get punished, but... Um, that's a feel bad too. Um, and, and I think that it's more reasonable to at least attempt to have everyone um, kind of cohere to the law of the land, if you will, um, for some duration as opposed to none. Um, I mean, it's, it's definitely not, it's definitely precedented in other games like magic. If you think your opponent's so playing, you call a judge and they watch your game. And the judge will says, "Hey, you need to, you know, speed it up. You're not, you're not moving fast enough." Um, they get a warning. If they do it again, they get a game loss. Like it just is what it is. Um, I don't think. I, mean, that, I, guess a... I think. I think this is a lot grayer than Magic. Yeah, I mean, I guess my question is like, if I'm a judge and I come over to the table, I've got to be like, "All right, so I stand here and I watch them play. I suppose they're both playing at a similar speed after I show up." Like, how do I know that the other dude is actually slow playing? Suppose I leave and then they call me again and I come back well, and then they're still playing at the same speed after I show up again. I mean, like, at, at that point, if they're both playing at the same pace and they're both playing at a reasonable pace, you, it is what it is. Like, 
you know, I mean, it. you called the judge, the behavior was corrected, um, you know, the judge now knows that they need to watch out for that the rest of the tournament, um, you know, it's, it's kind of, at least under the current rules, it's on you to call them as early as possible if you think that's occurring. Well, so here's my other question. What if, and I, this is possible, uh, because other games that use chess clocks have essentially discovered this. What if you're not going to make it to time and it doesn't seem like you're going to make it to time and you think your opponent is slow playing, but you've actually used more time than they have? In other words, what if you're wrong? What if your opponent's not slow playing? Because when you're playing a game like Legion, right, your your mind moves quickly when you're thinking and actively doing things. Yeah. And slowly when your opponent is doing things and when you're waiting to do something. So the natural perception, because because your brain is active when you're doing stuff, is to think that your opponent is taking longer than you are. Mm-hmm. When in fact that may not be true. The clock makes that irrelevant because I mean, you have an objective measure. I mean, yeah, but I think we have to I mean, we can talk about chess clocks in a minute, but I think that we have to operate in a world where they don't exist because I don't think that's gonna happen anytime soon. Right, that, okay. the practical situation on the ground is uh, is one without them. Yeah. Okay. Well, so let's let's push that topic um, a little bit. I, I think I guess the question is, and maybe this is a simple yes no. Do you think that other restraints aside, re- realistic possibilities aside, do you think that chess clocks would be beneficial or necessary for the game? I I think we're moving towards that. I think the game's getting more complicated. I think that, um, you know, I'd like to see round times extended to three hours for starters. Um, Agreed. You know, um, but I think we're starting to see lists that, you know, before Creature Troopers for the most part, um, it, it was not really super heavily balanced one way or the other, which, like, list was favored in a given matchup. Like, it was mostly all gun lines at that point. And, yeah. in a, you know, it was pretty even as far as who had an advantage in a long game situation as opposed to a short game situation. There were some exceptions to that, but overall it was pretty even. But we're now in a position where, you know, your opponent can be playing tauntauns against your gun line, which is fine. That's a thing that should be able to happen. But, like... Tauntauns push you back into your deployment zone, generally speaking. They kind of box you in, and you you really can't win the game in turn till turns four, five, and six, because you have to deal with the th- this large and crazy threat. And I'm sure that once we see dobacks competitively, that'll probably be similar. Um, you have to deal with this threat in the first few turns instead of dealing with the objectives, and that's fine and should be okay. But what's notable about that is that in a short short game the tauntaun player or the dewback player or whatever has extreme advantages if the game only goes to four turns right unless you can 100 percent guarantee that that game is going to be six turns long uh you're at a disadvantage sort of inherently yeah if you're the, if you're the gun line player in that situation um how do we remedy that i mean i mean to me look i am a strong advocate that chess clocks are horrible but I think we need them. Yeah, I think we do. And I mean, it should be should they should be trialed at premier events? Like, I don't think they should be, you know, mass implementation 
you know, I think they should try it and see what the effects are. Um, you know, florals help and judge calling helps, but you're right. You know, if we, you, you bring up essentially the problem with subjectivity, right? Which is, I think my opponent is playing slowly, even though he might not be, or she might not be. Um, uh, the clock just removes that element of subjectivity completely because there's now an objective measure. I mean, well, it, it removes the possibility for that, like sort of awkward social contract breakdown because there there's this there's you can just look right there on the clock and see who's using more time you don't have to like you know accuse your opponent of playing slow or anything like that right well i mean when you say social contract you mean the sort of the, the gentlemanly or however you want to say it the decorous i guess is probably a better way to say it atmosphere between two players who are having fun playing this game but we're doing it in a tournament setting um and i mean that that all depends on what your goals are for the event is your goal to win the event. Well, you need to do what you have to do Well, beyond, you know, short of poor sportsmanship and outright cheating. <laughs> you do what you have to do to win. If your goal is to win. Um, and if that involves calling a judge, if you think you're being slow played, then by all means do so. You, 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 ha you can't play the game for your opponent, you know? Yeah, no, but I think like, I think at least right now, uh, generally speaking, it's possible to both play to win and also have like a good congenial fun game with your opponent. Oh, I agree, and I've had many of those. I think it's it's more than possible. Um, They're certainly not mutually. You know, it's a crapshoot. Yeah, it, yeah, that's true. Um, I just I, f I feel like I feel like you know the whole concept behind a chess clock is the time is a resource, right? Yeah. Uh, for things to be fair, both players should have access to the same amount of that resource, um, and then it removes any subjectivity from perception of slow playing, which is. I think probably one of the most awkward situations to resolve from like a judge's perspective. I mean, so I think, I think the subjectivity argument is completely separate from this conversation, frankly. Like if you think your opponent is slow playing and you call a judge and you're slow playing, like the judge should call you on it. Right. Like, it, like, I, I don't know. Like that, that seems very like, like, the okay, whatever. The problem though is that you're, t when, when you talk about a slow play call, unless you're on stream, you're talking about a historic event that is not recorded, right? Yes, but the the point of calling a judge is not to fix the past; it's to fix the future. Yeah, and maybe they can grant you time extension or something if they determine that. Right. But you know, I mean, um, I I just I'm not sure the subject. So the subjectivity of that decision making process is really relevant to to this argument okay um but you know i mean i think we need we need chess clocks or something i, I you know um i i think that you know if if you take a full squad of dewbacks you know um you know that you can you know intentionally play aggressively to box your opponent in in the beginning of the game play the objectives and fiddle with your dewbacks a lot to um you know draw out the turns a little bit i i think right. i think that's the thing that we're going to encounter and it's just whether it's intentional or not is is whatever um it it's it's a problem and it's you know i mean i mean creature troopers are super fiddly that's just all there is to it right you know um, i mean not just fiddly too they're also I mean, that's their function practically is to tar pit. 
Yeah. Right. I mean, that's been, you know, both of you have a 40 K background. So, um, you know how tar pits work, right? You, you roll up there and you freeze your opponent in place by keeping them engaged and, you know, you go ahead and they might have, you might generate an insurmountable lead from being tar pitted. And that might just be the case yeah. beyond time. Time just makes it worse <laughs> yeah. because then you could like say how, you know, I'm trying to figure out how best to tar pit my opponent, which is, you know, the normal process of playing the game. But, you know, like you say, it's this double whammy where both the nature of the, the unit and the time limited nature of the game combined to create a, a very, bad situation for the non-creature trooper player well i mean like i'm i'm more concerned with a situation such as okay it's turn four um there's like five to ten minutes left in the round i've got two to three dewbacks left to activate um it's in my best interest not to go to turn five so you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna take each dewback and i'm gonna run over six or seven units with it yep <laughs> It, 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 it's like it's a play that it's probably a play that doesn't make a ton of sense like if the game were to go to six turns but you know what i mean like it's it would be completely legal and within my rights to be like okay well um i'm gonna display yeah. seven units this turn and we're gonna have to figure that out and there's no way we're getting to turn five now um right and and that would be a shitty but legally okay thing to do right you know the best way to protect yourself is to actually know the rules cold. Yeah, I, I you can mean, protect yourself by knowing all the rules. Yeah, I, I just like, um, but the thing is, if we, if we, you know, talk about chess clocks, like, you know, that all of those actions are under the the dewback players, you know, right? Um, They're on your opponent's time, right? So it's not not a right. big deal. But I mean, you know, I mean, it, it takes time to resolve displacements and all of that stuff, and that's that's a problem when we're when we're talking about games that are going to to four or five turns under normal circumstances without creature troopers um and without potentially longer setup times from these very interesting looking but also complicated vital assets cards yeah you know um it's this is going to be a problem and we we as a community need to figure out how we would a like to address it as a community and b how we want to ask fantasy flight games to address it on their end you know i mean matt and, and alex and luke have been very open and receptive to feedback and critiques on stuff like this um but but i do think that we need to have a conversation as a community centered around hey we've got these really fiddly awesome things in the game now we need to have a conversation centered around how we're going to make these pieces function and be fair under the current rules and I think too, we have to change the conversation a little bit away from, you know, over the past year or so, it's the time has been increased on rounds. And, um, you know, to their credit, tournament organizers are collecting data on how many rounds are getting finished and such. And the mentality has been like, well, we're, you know, it used to be games were finishing four or five turns and now they're finishing five turns pretty consistently. And that's good. And I would agree. But I think that's still short of the mark insofar as like, I mean, we've already talked about tauntauns and stuff, but like games just need to be complete. In my opinion, anything short of like every single time guaranteeing six turns is is uh, an insufficient setup, if that makes sense. Like if, if we have a tournament, right, and 20% 
of the games were five turns and 80% of them were six turns. In my opinion, that's something that still needs to be improved. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, I, I think to some extent, there's always going to be room for improvement when it comes to things like this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're not, we're not going to be able to ever fix this problem hundred percent in totality. I mean, that should be the goal, but we're never ever going to get there. That's, um, that's not feasible unless we allow games take 24 hours or something silly right. you know um and even in a situation where you do use chess clocks like that's still not you know chess clocks have their own issues which we haven't really touched on but yeah um, i mean there 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 are significant downsides to chess clocks um which is why i have been a large proponent up until this point of not using them um mainly because I did not think the pros outweighed the cons, but I think we are at the point where you can legally, and I'm going to put this in air quotes, cheat, um, and it's complete you, you within your within your rights to do so. Yeah, There are ways to legally slow, to, slow the game down at this point, and there's now, for certain list archetypes, a clear advantage to doing that. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and I think that's I think that's a huge problem, and I think yeah. it, we it needs to be addressed in some capacity, but how Agreed. what that looks like, you know? Yeah, because like we you know as a community, when a game finishes, right? Like say so like you want to be talking about the decisions that were made in the game and the tactics and the events that happened, not how long it took, right? Or that, the fact that it didn't finish six turns and maybe the result would have been yeah. different if it did. Right, like you don't want. If I just had turn six, yeah, yeah, so it's terrible. I mean, back in the day, it was if I just had turn four, but yeah. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, The point now where it's yeah. Anyway, speaking of time, we are ourselves over time. One last thing. One last thing. Games would take a lot less time if there weren't twelve activations aside. So stick that in your pipe and smoke it. I mean, it's it's. It's not outside the realm of possibility that one of the options on the table is there is an activation cap. That would be a very simple thing to do. I don't know if that would be good for the game, but that, that is that is something that could be put on the table as a possible resolution. Cap it at 10. We'd probably see the bigger, more heavier hitting units more often, which is an interesting bonus. Um, I don't know if that's actually a good thing, though. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't see three overpowered units and then the entire rest of your list is, is getting to 12. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, th- that's another, I mean, not to go too deep down the rabbit hole, but that's another problem with how the creature trooper lists operate generally right now is not only are they super complicated in and of themselves to move, but you have ramped up your activation count, which takes more time um, over the course of the game to in, uh, use them to their full effect. <laughs> um, yep. See, thinking I was here to play Legion was your first mistake. To end this conversation, I want to be very clear with our audience. The sky is not falling. This yeah, is still yeah, a great no. game. These are just yeah. some problems that you know are coming up that we have to deal with as a community. And Fancy Play Games, hopefully, Organized Play will we'll deal with on their side of things. Um, it's still a great game. You know, I I imagine things like this did did not come up with them internally, or they you know whatever, um, just because this is something that doesn't kind of come out until you it hits the real world. 
Yeah, and it'll be super interesting to, um, you know, watch what happens at LVO. Of course, all that uh, data is going to be collected because, um, you know, I assume Bushman will be will be getting all of it studiously and putting together things like round times and how many games finished and all that. And, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see uh, what that looks like with the... Um, I think we're still working with what essentially were the round times that were established at... Um, Gen Con, which is uh, what two and a half plus thirty minutes for final time and setup. I think so. Yeah, hours. Um, all six of my games, with the exception of one, actually I shouldn't say all six. Five out of six went to six rounds. One ended on five. So yeah, we'll I mean, have to see if, and that was before Tauntauns, right? Yeah. Right, and that game was because it was triple sabs. Yeah, which also <laughs> take a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we'll have to see if. Uh, you know, we'll have to see if that's any different when LVO shows up. And if it's not, and people are mostly finishing games, maybe um, we don't need to have this conversation again, but we'll see. Yep. Um, I'm super excited for the next couple of months. Lots of competitive events coming up, lots of releases. Uh, supposedly, we're getting dumped like six things in January. So um, we're going to have a ton of awesome things to talk about. Yeah. All right. Well, um, we are the Notorious Scoundrels. I'm Kyle. I'm Mike. I'm David. And we'll see you next week. Join us next week for another episode of the Notorious Scoundrels. This has been a Fifth Trooper production. <laughs>